Hello, Ebony Chappelle of Open Lines here. We're not going to have a show this Sunday due to Easter, but we encourage you to tune in for a Radio 1 holiday special that will air across our stations tomorrow morning. This weekend, many families in our community are looking for ways to stay connected, even in the age of social distancing. This is amplified tenfold, of course, for those of us who have loved ones who are incarcerated. Presently, as you've seen, the coronavirus pandemic has invaded nearly every part of our lives. This is especially true for those behind the wall. According to the Indiana Department of Corrections, so far there have been a reported 33 staff members and 23 offenders that have tested positive for the coronavirus, and this is as of Friday, April 10th, 2020. On last Sunday's show, we received so many calls from family members that were scared that their friends and relatives weren't properly being protected. Earlier this week, I talked with such a family. Um, I had a phone call with Susan and Sarah Harrison, a mother and daughter whose son and brother, John Harrison, is serving time in Plainfield Correctional Facility. In full transparency with you all, Sarah is one of my best friends. I want to say thank you to her and her family again for being open with me. So listen in as they share their unfiltered perspective about what it's like dealing with the incarceration of a loved one in this pandemic. For me, I will say at first, it was like a lot of anxiety um, because I just think about my brother's mental health a lot because <clears throat> he's had some struggles and he also works with, he mentors. He's a mentor in the mental health facility. In the mental health facility at the prison. Wow. So just so him, him having to maintain his own mental health as well as you know, mentor others has been a task on him uh, as a whole. And then he's also recently had some health issues right. uh, that, you know, are not deemed as important because he is in, an inmate. You know what I mean? So a lot of a lot of inmates have health issues. He talks, he tells the stories all the time about people who are sick or who uh, are not getting the health attention that they need. Um, so what's very disheartening about this is that, you know, being around inmates who may be affected, <clears throat> infected, I'm sorry, you know, and not being able to do anything about that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I've been hearing, I posted today about it. And since I posted, I've gotten so many inboxes and stories about other people who have inmates in cart, like, um, family members incarcerated and how they said, oh, my, my cousin saw someone fall out and pass out that was infected with the virus and nothing was done or right. just different things. And um, yeah, it's just been a lot. It's a lot of process. <clears throat> when we talked to him today, he was just like saying he, angry. he was angry. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's angry. That they would put them in that position like that. Right if both of you were sitting face to face with the powers that be right now, the people that run the prisons and the jails and the people that run this state, what would you say to them? They need to clean up their act. They need to let those people out that have shown that they have changed. That would be a benefit to society. They need to release those and those that are 
are band together and uh, that need special care, they need to do something for those people. I could really be angry, but you know, thank God, I can sort of, <laughs> I can sort of feel some anger. Yes, some of them deserve to be in there, and some of them don't. But you don't treat people like animals. Indiana, along with probably a lot of prisons, need to clean up their act. I hear a lot of times how um, the people who are in leadership, who are the bullies, and just making sure um, they create a lot of the diversion that's within the prison, the people in leadership. So just having the proper people in leadership and because something like this should have never happened. And it's just like a... They always they say the fish stinks from the head down, and that's what's happening right now. And um, with I don't know what's going on with the warden and how this was even allowed to happen uh, during this pandemic. But I would just say what my mom said: just better leadership, having people in place to more health professionals in place if they can spare that, or better guidelines if they can spare that for how to deal with this. Or keep the word. Yeah, keeping their word and not mixing uh, the sick with the well. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just so much that can be done. And it has to start with the governor. The governor of that state needs to do his job. And when people make complaints to follow through with it and make sure that what they're saying is true. And when it is true, do something about it. And they're, they, I know for a fact they've been getting so many calls. Oh, yeah. About. I'm not the only mama that does that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I'm sure. Like when I called today, I said, well, I'm concerned. When I talked to the health uh, professional, I said, I'm concerned. Uh, why would you put them in a place where the virus was when they're safe now? Mm-hmm. And she didn't really answer that. She just said, we wouldn't put them in a position where they would be harmed. Well, that's a lie. Because they went straight and did it today. And you can hear the men in the background when I talk to John. Oh, it sounded chaotic. Very chaos. That's what John said. It was chaos. That's ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And it's a, it's a breach of safety. It seems like nobody cares. It seems like there's nobody that really, really cares enough to be a voice uh, for these men. Nobody cares like they should. And that, and that is ungodly. I, I wrote to the governor one time about humane treatment. Uh, these men don't get humane treatment. They don't get it. I mean, they haven't for since the beginning, but but now adding on now they adding this this uh, coronavirus to it. They didn't get uh, humane treatment before, and now this added to it is it's just ridiculous. It's just ungodly. I have people saying that it was they they were like, "Is this a plan? Is this a mask?" Like. I, is this an idea to get rid of a lot of prisoners? Like that, because that's what it's coming off as. Unfortunately, right, it's coming right. off as a as an evil <laughs> act, as a plan, like a genocide. Yeah, it's coming off as like, oh, how can 
we know that this virus is taking out specifically statistically right now black men <clears throat> and which is what's mostly incarcerated and, mm-hmm. and and you're putting them all together and people already have underlying health issues that are not being treated this can be detrimental to them that's right unless god works a miracle for you you out john was saying that they don't have provisions either to protect themselves they don't really have masks. No, they, they don't, don't have masks no they don't have anything to he said that they you. gave them a tiny bar of soap for washing their hands if you don't have someone who cares about you on commissary to help you get the things that you need you don't have soap you don't have things you need right um it's just a lot it's a lot to think about because it's like you already this is obviously in, penetrating a lot of people's immune system and you don't have the things you need to clean the, yourself. The basics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If more people would hear us, then a change would take place. I mean, really, really hear us and care about what they hear. Then some things would really change. A lot of people are listening, but they're not really hearing. And that's what we need. Somebody to really, really hear our hearts uh, concerning our our sons, husbands, brothers, uncles, cousins, friends, friends, <laughs> you know, uh, any number of situations. A few days after my conversation with Susan and Sarah, John was able to access Wi-Fi and talk to his family via his prison-issued tablet device. During transport, he was unable to communicate with them. What you'll hear next is audio from that phone call that the Harrison family gave us permission to share with you. Um, it's better in here so I can communicate more with family. But uh, it was the unity manager. Her name is Morgan Payne. She deliberately put me in harm's way. And I need that to be reported, please. I have 11 years clear of conduct reports. I put in to go to the honor dorm over a month ago, and all of this could have been avoided. Now, the shoes that Shana bought me, they're gone. Some of my property is gone. I'm trying to get some sheets and uh, some clothing right now. I got a jumpsuit on, but I don't know when they're going to give me clothing. Most likely to give you used stuff. I had brand new sheets and all of that. Um, but anyway, Morgan Feeney, she's a unity manager. She's so honorary. She treats prisoners like they're not human. So what happened was, as I was rolling to Central Oak in a cart, I had all my stuff in a cart. Prisoners were yelling out the window, do not come in here, man. Don't come in here. There's sick people in here. Okay, so I, I got upset about it, you know, but I didn't do anything. I didn't put my hands on anybody or anything. I just refused to move into that unit. And so by refusing, they put me in lockup. They had me in a cage where it was blood and vomit in the cage for six hours. And then when I went to 
I probably can't have any visits, but I want to stay away from this trash out here. All these unprofessional officers and all these drugs and everything, I don't want to be around it. I don't understand why they're not doing anything. We reached out to the IDLC this week to ask about what is being done to protect prisoners and correctional officers. In an email, they shared that they have begun and continue to manufacture face masks in prison facilities. They say more than half of the 27,000 offenders have received a mask and at the present rate of production, it is anticipated that all offenders will have masks by the conclusion of the next business week. As for gloves, they said at this time they are not recommended for general use and offenders have access to hand sanitizer. On the topic of quarantine, the email went on to state that as needed, symptomatic offenders are separated from other offenders in accordance with the IDOC preparedness and response plan. However, specifics on the movement of offenders is not released in accordance with security protocols for the safety of offenders and staff. Tune in next Sunday where Cameron Riddle, Tina Cosby, and I will dive in on this topic and much more as we continue to follow this story. Open Lines airs each Sunday beginning at 8 a.m. on both 106.7 WTLC and Hot 96.3. As always, have a great day and a positive week, y'all. Peace.